Welcome back, community group leaders, to this week's episode of the Deeper Podcast. We get to partner with you as you help lead your groups as they deepen their relationship with God, His Word, and people. For the second time this series, we've got Doug Congdon joining us. Yeah. Welcome, Doug. Lucky you. Glad you're here. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, some of the feedback I got after our last time we did this was we should go into stand-up comedy together. Yeah. I re-listened to it. I'll be honest, I didn't think it was that funny. Yeah. I think that the people who said that need to listen to some stand-up comedy, probably. Compare and contrast. Yeah. Ah, That's what it's supposed to be like. Right. But, the, you know, still felt like a compliment. So Very much sweet. so. Yeah. I was like, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Did you come in with some jokes today? To- um, I did not. Not. I okay. did feel the pressure to yeah. to like meet the standard <laughs> to, of what yeah. it was, but I said no. It'll, oh shoot! It I gotta work. be funny. Yeah. Uh, but actually, maybe we'll just like twist it. Well, maybe instead sure. of being funny, let's solve some mysteries. We got mm. a couple mysteries to solve. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first mystery is last week. Yeah. Cody ended up being the one that was on the podcast, mm. the video, and everything. Mm. But here's the deal: Joe and I actually recorded our whole thing, oh. but only half of it made it. Now here's the twist, though: is couple things one the person that helps work our tech stuff and prep the podcast to make Uh sure it's all reset Uh is cody oh now here's the second thing people can't see the room right now but i'm actually looking at cody who's right next to the button that allows things to be recorded or stop recording i'm just asking the question is it plausible (laughs) (laughs) that cody's trying to inch his way way okay jeremy we're done with you Uh, let's get cody on here wow i would you know after reviewing the evidence carefully, which I have over the last 10 seconds, I would say it's not only plausible, it's likely that Cody is trying to usurp your power. <laughs> that's, that's where I got to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, should we fire him now or <laughs> later? Okay. Later. We'll, we'll figure it out maybe okay. later. Um, but the second thing is, I have a question for you. Where were you? Let me do my dates check. <laughs> where were you on September 26th at 10.59 a.m.? Can you just walk us through where you were at that time? Well, let me just pull up my Google Calendar. I don't know. If, I don't even know if we're. Is that a Sunday? And it is was that a Sunday when morning. I was not when I when I was not on behind stage like I should have been. That might have been it. Oh, Doug doing announcements. I have in my calendar. Yes, that's yes. right. Okay, I seem to remember this. Um, we're gonna make sure Cody puts a link to the eleven o'clock service on our thing. <laughs> it is worth the watch. Is it? Though? It is worth the watch. All I right. I cra- I was at the service and I was dying laughing. I think you had to be. It's one of those you had to be there. You definitely because I don't know if it turned out in the video. I was honestly, like I said, in the bowels of the church organizing costumes for the Bethlehem experience with a dedicated group of uh, volunteers. And so I it was 1043 and I checked my phone and I was like, I got lots of time. We hung up some costumes. We were finishing up and I was like, I'll check my phone. I'm sure I'm fine. 1059 was what it said on my phone. I screamed at the poor volunteers. I ran out of the room and dead sprinted all the way upstairs. It was terrible. And then the rest of the story... We'll they can the, see. We'll yeah. be on the link. You can see has. how out of breath I was when I was trying to give announcements. Yeah. My absolutely. favorite part was when you said, I'm not exaggerating this. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like stretching. It's it was so great. sad. But oh. speaking of the Bethlehem experience, yeah. that is coming up. Uh, Joe talked about it a little bit last week, but you are. First off, can I just stop you real quick? Yes. That was an amazing podcast segue. I'm very proud Thank of you. you. This is really well done. <laughs> okay, continue. We prep well for the deeper <laughs> podcast. <laughs> 
um, but you also have a major role in the Bethlehem experience. So talk a little about your role and kind of where things are at and then how people can get plugged in to register. Yeah, sure. Sweet promo opportunity. So I, I got put in charge of cast and costumes. And so we are prepping the, the tour guides that are going to take people through the 45-minute kind of experience. And they have... A lot of information to learn. They're doing a great job, though. We're having our second meeting tonight for them. And then we're hoping to get, man, there's going to be about 40 actors needed for every time somebody goes through the experience. And so we don't have a ton. We probably have 50 to 60, and we would want, you know, 100 or so so they can rotate through. So I'm in charge of kind of drumming up some people with acting chops or even, you know, I'm just going to say this. If you have anybody in your group that wants to get involved but doesn't know how, we just need people to be like people in the marketplace who are shopping or people who are worshiping in the synagogue. They don't have lines or just so dress up. if you like up. to shop, this is a great opportunity <laughs> for you. You won't get to take anything home that you buy because you're fake buying it. But if you like shopping or sitting in a New Testament garb, we would love, we need help with actors. So yeah, that's where we're at. We're having our first kind of actors and costume meeting on Saturday and things are coming together, but man, it is a bear. It's a lot of logistics. Great. So yeah, if you need, if you are looking for um, someplace to plug in and you have some acting chops, Mm. uh, please help contact Doug for that. But then registration, is that When's that going live? Mm-hmm. Like this you'll weekend. Register. Okay, so this weekend, yeah. you can begin registration for the different time slots. Um, so check out fbctopeka.com slash events, or where is it at? It's there? Okay, excellent. Well, that's what we got for the Bethlehem experience. Now, we'll jump into the passage for the day. Um, so Doug, I'm going to ask you to give us a little context, because we are, again, jumping a little bit. Um, so just share with us a little bit where we're at, just kind of in the in Matthew and leading into this passage for today. Sure. Um well, I think probably the listeners know that we do a run-through, right? A sermon yes. run-through on Thursday, Thursday. afternoon. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I just did that and was told by unanimously that my background was too long. So I am going to shorten it for That's this. That's why you can do it here. Well, I don't want them to listen to the 14-minute intro that I had that we're cutting. But um, I will simply say that when we open this passage, Jesus is in the temple. It's the Passion Week. It's a couple days before he's going to get arrested and die. And he is coming kind of head-to-head with the scribes and the Pharisees um, in a new and different way. He's really taking him head-on here in the temple courts. So that's where we're at. And uh, we're in Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 36. And the t- the title of this, if it's in your Bible, it's like the seven woes to the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So I guess before I ask you to give us our big idea, yeah. I, I actually, when I saw that you were the one preaching this, I was like, that's kind of interesting because you're a very <laughs> upbeat, positive person. And this is not a positive passage. I guess, yeah. how was that for you personally, just getting your arms around not maybe being able to leverage some of your natural strengths when it comes <laughs> to like preaching and being light and that type of thing? How was, how was that yeah. process for you? Um... It will be tough over the next couple of days as I try to work some of that in there because naturally just taking the text at its face value, it is tough. It's a rough one. Yeah. Buckle up. So, uh, but the good thing is I love that these kinds of passages, I feel like we do tend to focus in American Christianity on the soft sweetness of God without his anger and wrath and the things that kind of stir him up. And so 
especially Jesus. So getting into this passage, I was excited, actually, when I found out I was going to get to preach this one. And um, it was in seminary, I think, that one of my professors said, if we, you know, if we take out the wrath and and vengeance of God, we've really neutered him and made him into like, you know, a a teddy bear for ourselves. And so being able to bring to light the kind of a fuller perspective on who Jesus was and, and, you know, by correlation, who God is, um, is a great challenge. I love it. Great. Thank you for that response. Yeah. Really insightful. So as community group leaders, can we go to their groups? Obviously we want them to listen to your message, but what would be the one big takeaway you want them to have and make sure those in their groups understand. Yeah, that's a good one. I would say because this is more of a, I mean, there's really four points and I want them to have four takeaways, but uh, the overarching sentiment would be, don't be a Pharisee. So good luck with that. Um, I probably should have had a better answer. Uh, don't be a Pharisee. Moving on. Um, so I know, that... <laughs> let me help. Doug out. <laughs> yeah. So in, in there, and it's going to go into our questions. There's really, you, you really hit on four of the main seven woes. And you talk about how Pharisees, they lack sympathy, lack humility, lack priority or whatever word you end up landing on Mm -hmm. and then lack integrity. Mm -hmm. And so as people are jumping into this passage, I think we really want people to, to wrestle through, you know, each one of us has that, you know, big brother, pharisaical, um, what's the other word? Uh, legalistic, legalistic Mm -hmm. tendencies that we bring to the table and just wrestling through which one of those like behaviors matches with us. And then what's the heart issue behind that? Yes. Um, that's what I said. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I know you're still kind of finalizing your sermon, but is there anything that you know that you're not going to include in your sermon that you think would be helpful for our listeners? Um, there is a ton there because there's in that long passage of 1 to 36, which they're reading, they'll read all of that mm-hmm. this week, right? Um, there's a lot of kind of like Old Testament allusions um, in there, but I will, I think, still spend time like I did in the run through talking about the um, phylacteries and the fringes and some of that uh, old Testament ritual stuff. There's a, there's a um, piece of trivia in there and that if you look in your Bible right now, I don't believe there's a verse 14 in there. Does your, does yours go from 13 to 15? It sure does. Yeah. And I read through the passage 10 times before it, it stood out, stood out to me and I was like, wait a second, there's no verse 14. Um, and you know, if you have an ESV study Bible or any study study Bible worth its you know weight, it will it will point out to you that verse fourteen is only in some older man or some newer manuscripts, and so it's been taken out. So you can you know point that out to your community group, and if they're more scholarly, um, kind of have that bent in them, you can talk about the difference in manuscript traditions or whatever you know. And you know, as we have gained thousands and thousands of New Testament manuscripts over the years, we realized that some of the original verses that made it into, say, the old King James are not probably original, and so they're taken out. So it's weird. It only happens a couple times in the whole Bible, and so, you know, take note of it when it's there. Fascinating. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Now let's go into the questions for the week. Yeah. And so the the first question is one that you're going to have in your sermon and close with, and now people get to wrestle with in their groups. So... You title it, you might be a Pharisee if, and there's four different things here. I'm going to read them, and then we'll just talk through, like, which one do we kind of gravitate towards? Mm. So one, I find myself creating reasons not to help people in need. That's having a lack of sympathy. Number two, I practice my faith to be seen by others. That's a lack of humility. 
Number three, I add my convictions or traditions to the word of God, a lack of priority. And then the final one, I know what to say, but don't do what I say. That's a lack of integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you no, want to go first? Yeah, I, yeah, I'd be glad to go first. Either way. Okay. So for mine, uh, as I read through it, I'll, I'll say a runner-up was um, <laughs> I add my convictions or, tra- or traditions to the Word of God. Mm. I just think, especially in this latest season with a lot of um, just political hype involved and racial intentions and COVID, all these different things, I've really had to just battle that. And as things, we have this like quick take culture, mm. and I just can't have a quick take on some of these issues and how to have a biblical lens through it. So that was a close second. Mm. But um, first was I practice my faith to be seen by others. Mm-hmm. So the reality is, is that my role necessitates to like do the right thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, it's not a matter of like, am I going to do the right thing? Cause I just, that's just who I am. And so it's, what is my heart behind um, the different things that I'm doing. And so it just, there's just this always theme in my life of just needing to slow down and examine my heart and check my heart as I just go through different things. And so um, just when, when I read that there, I was like, yeah, there's, there's a lot. I need to just continue to navigate through that. And just this, this word that has become a prominent word in my life in this last season is just vulnerability. Hmm. And so um talking about things that are being vulnerable and just being vulnerable when I don't have answers to things. And so it can be easy like to do announcements or the podcast or preaching or teaching or leading my team, whatever, and, and not have that be in what I'm doing and also not have my heart be right. So Mm -hmm. for me, that's definitely something that I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. It's just a day by day thing. Mm -hmm. I've just got to wrestle through it because I can just one day be like, man, my heart was right on and the next did not. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it can be that quick of a shift. Mm -hmm. That's great. For me, it would be that fourth one. I know what to say, but I don't do what I say, and that's a lack of integrity. And I know that you are high on integrity, and I am low on integrity. And then uh, when I see this in my own kind of job, basically is, you know, grew up in a pastor's household and went to a Bible school and then went to seminary. And so I know a lot of answers, and so people will come not just with the kind of biblical trivium, but the man, what do I do at this point in my life? What's a wise choice for me to make? Um, and so I have some scripture I can pull from, and I have some stories from the Bible that I know, and and I give that to them, and then I look at my own life and say, I got all my own, I got all my own stuff, and I'm not applying these same biblical principles or truths that I know in my own life. So just a lack of <clears throat> sorry, a lack of integrity, lack of lining up what I know with what I'm doing. And for me, sometimes it's obedience. Like I have knowledge, but not obedience. And so I remember coming to that one and feeling uncomfortable mm. uh, with it for sure. Now, I know this passage just kind of, it leaves you like with these seven woes, mm. but I, I want for our groups to help kind of just turn the corner a little bit. And so the second question is going to be the the preaching to yourself. So what aspect of the passage challenged you the most? So that's going to probably be what you just shared. Mm. And then how are you walking with Jesus differently because of it? Because mm. I know for me, like, I don't want to be stuck in guilt and shame of, well, I was just inconsistent again, or man, I didn't do vulnerability right there or whatever it might look like. Or for you, like, I don't want to share the right thing, but I know I'm not living it back here. Like, we don't mm. want to get stuck in that yeah. guilt. So how are we walking with Jesus differently as we can see these tendencies that can be within us? Mm. Um, so for me, 
it just building upon what I shared before, it's going to be continuing to, to lead and grow in vulnerability and um, asking myself as well as having close people around me permission to mm-hmm. speak into my life and ask me, hey, just why why did you choose to do that? Or like, how is your heart like in the midst of that? And not being insecure to be like, well, why are you questioning me? Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. did the right thing. And so, but being like, you know what? Let me let me really think about that and think where was my heart in that? And, you know, am I off in some way or where do I need to reorient myself? So not only myself asking that, but having those close people around me that I trust and proactively giving them permission to speak in my life and not being insecure if questions come my way about motives. Hmm. Shockingly, that's a very similar answer to mine, um, though we pointed out different issues. Yeah. So. I think the easy answer for how you're going to live differently at the end of this sermon is just say, don't, like I said earlier, don't do this. Do you have, do you find yourself creating reasons not to help people in need? Don't do that. Just help people in need. (laughs) Uh, At the heart of the Pharisees, though, I mean, these are the kind of the outward manifestations of it, but their heart is what was rotten from the core. Um, They believed that they were self-sufficient, could do things themselves, didn't need God. And so that's where it, where it starts for me is like even in my lack of integrity, where's my heart? Because there my heart is like aiming to be seen well by others without worrying about how God sees me. And so my first step, I think, is, uh, okay, how, how in prayer am I being my full, vulnerable, true self with God, letting all of the walls down, let, you know, acknowledging that he sees me for who I really am and that he loves me for who I really am, and then stop trying to kind of put on a front for other people. And par- part of that stop trying to put on a front is that vulnerability piece. So how am I letting people see the real me, the real me that's not living up to what I'm saying you should do? Um, and it's having the people in my life, like you said, who are close enough that I get permission to say, uh, you you've said before, and I've heard you say this, but this is what I'm seeing in your life. And so interesting that vulnerability is kind of a answer for both of us there. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, everyone is going to have a different area that they're being challenged with, but the, the response to that, it's not to be stuck Mm. in that place. It's going to be to help bring it to light. Let God's truth speak into it. Let people in your community group speak into it and just just bring it in the open and let's help wrestle through it and navigate through it. It could be because you're doing things for the wrong reason or you're not doing stuff, mm. but the the response can still be so similar. Yeah. And so I think it's just Im- that, important. That goes along with it just fired in my brain when you were saying that, like Jesus's favorite thing to call them in this passage is blind. Um, and I think bringing to light things that we are hiding in our heart is the opposite of what the Pharisees would have wanted. And so the answer to blindness is often just bringing things to light in front of God and in front of other people. So yeah, I I like that. Um, Just anything else that you would recommend for community groups as they're going through this? Because I think the tension I'm feeling is the passage leaves you Mm. in the woes. And I know Matthew's not done as a chapter, but I think sometimes we'd like to skip past the the bad stuff and move on. But I I also, Mm. like there is just, Matthew is filled with hope, even if it's not necessarily in this passage. So how would you navigate through leaders to help people, you know, sit and really wrestle through some of those areas they're struggling with and, but also give a picture of hope. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't fully know either. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't. I don't know where your group's at. I would encourage that vulnerability 
And again, as leaders, it always starts with us. So your vulnerability to other people. And that might be the first step of hope is in, in other people opening up about which one they even identify with. But yeah. I mean, the just the location of this passage and the overall story of Matthew being, <clears throat> I mean, Christ right after this, um, talks to his disciples about the end times, what's going to happen when he leaves um, and looks over Jerusalem and, and mourns over it. And then, you know, obviously a couple chapters later, he's dying. He's being um, resurrected from the dead. And so their hope, in a sense, is this is such a... Lee and I talk about this all the time. But in bringing these things to life and letting them die, so killing the sin inside of you that is holding you back, um, the hope is that on the other side of this gross, messy process where people don't want to be vulnerable is resurrection. And so when you're uniting yourself with Christ in his death and his resurrection, the other side of that guy's promise, life is way better, you know, if you do these things. So I agree with that. Maybe the only other thing I would add, you can let me yeah, know what yeah. your thoughts are, is I would say it's often, you know, with questions and passages, like there's not like, here's the perfect way you're going to go mm. through it. You're going to ask this, pause this long, whatever. I would say just, I mean, let the Holy Spirit lead. You've got some tools here. You've got the passage. You're going to hear Doug's message. You've got some questions here. And just trust the Holy Spirit to navigate it where it needs to go. If you need to spend more time, like, sitting in these questions, sit in these questions. Um, if some people are just really heaping on the guilt and shame, like help point them towards some hope and some next steps. So mm, I would just, I would just trust you leaders to listen to the Holy Spirit and discern kind of how to navigate this and you know, other passages as well as we continue forward. Nice. That's good. Doug, would you pray for our leaders? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Father, I lift up uh, our community group leaders to you right now. I pray for their discussions that they'll be leading um, this week. And I pray for honesty and vulnerability to be uh, at the center of all of these times together, uh, that the leader would feel freed up to to expose sin or flaws or hurt um, in their own life. And in so doing, <clears throat> excuse me, so doing would open up the door for other people to do the same. I pray that some weights would be lifted, that some sin would be confessed, um, that there would be freedom and healing and bringing things to the light during this time. Um, and even if there's nothing that is kind of a deep stronghold that's being brought forth and shared, I do pray for uh, the people in their groups to find uh, truth in these principles and to find themselves and where they might be acting like a Pharisee or becoming a Pharisee in their own lives and, and so that truth would be revealed to them. Um, God, give these leaders strength and courage as they um, lead these groups Give them peace and calm knowing that they're doing what you've called them to do. And uh, we lift up their time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a couple of reminders. Uh, we have the cross-connected event for women. So coming up on November 18th, we recorded this on a Thursday. So it's a week from today as of this recording. And so if you have women in your group that have not registered, I encourage you to go to fpctopeka.com slash events, find out more information about that event and to register. And the final announcement is just, or just update for you is what we talked at the beginning, the Bethlehem experience. Registration opens this weekend. So look at those different dates, look at those different times, get it scheduled invite family, invite friends, invite neighbors to join us and to be a part of that. With that, thank you groups for listening to this episode of The Deeper Podcast. We hope this has been a help and a blessing to you as we partner with you as you lead your groups into a deeper relationship with God, His Word, and people. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.